welcome to another edition of WNK, the weekly AEW news kick. We have a little bit of a change today. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, we're not joined by Patrick. As I say, more on that in a second. We are, however, still joined by uh, AEW's resident producer, Jack. Didn't say anything mean to you today because I thought... You're my. There's no one else to. There's no one else to do it with, like banter with about it. So <laughs> that's true. I was just thinking that I was like, this could either, as a listener, this could be your favorite episode, your least favorite, because you've had me and Patrick a duo. You've had weeks where I've not been here, and it's you and Patrick, and now it's no Patrick. So if you're not a fan of Patrick, this could be a great episode for you. Or if you prefer Patrick to me, this could be the worst episode of your life. So buckling, kids, it's going to be a great ride. <laughs> Who the fuck's tuning in for Patrick? Um, <laughs> Our German audience. <laughs> Our German, doesn't even speak... Well, he says the occasional thing in German. Apple charts. We learned that. Uh, we love that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a little explanation. We start, I, I guess, with the sad news. There we go. <laughs> the sad news that Patrick... He's not dead. It sounds like he's dead. <laughs> Brace yourselves. <laughs> Patrick Don't let your is switching to a bi-weekly schedule. Which means you'll only be here every other week. I had trouble pausing that. The thing is, though, you've put that for Patrick's on a bi-weekly. I'm also on a bi-weekly. Do I not get the music as well? Are you? Yeah, because we we said, didn't we, Patrick's doing Fridays bi-weekly and I'm doing Thursdays bi-weekly. Oh, I didn't I didn't understand that you wouldn't be here. Oh, well, yeah, you'll get the same treatment next week, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure event, at some point um, me and Patrick's past will align again, even if it's... I don't know, for like double or nothing or anything. I'm but sure it'll be before you, them, but you know. But you know, we. I always introduce Patrick as a co host. You're the producer. Me and Patrick are co hosts, right? Yeah. So, um, with Patrick going, his status changing to occasional host, Ooh. you know what that means, don't you? Do I step up to the plate? You, you don't step up. Me? <laughs> I'm the main host! <laughs> Silver lining, baby! <laughs> it's the Tom Show in the main event! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> it's a celebration! <laughs> Wait, one more word. Woohoo! Thing is, right, this is just. I don't know why I was celebrating. I just. You just hear that music <laughs> and you're, you're automatically happy. Your hands in the air, yeah. Oh, what, what an Thank intro. Thank you for the support, Jack. No. <laughs> Thanks for the support. <laughs> um, so what have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to since we... It was we Easter, like wasn't it? Up, didn't we? Yeah, it was Easter, it was Easter, so... Did you get your Easter eggs? I did. Got one off mum and dad, got one off Georgina, and got one off Georgina's nan, which I wasn't expecting. So nice little surprise. I've still got some over them, not eating them all. Um, and I got a new flat. Wait, no, that was that was Easter weekend, yeah. So it's been an all right weekend, to be fair. It's been a bit busy. Georgina's nan probably fancies you. <laughs> they get feisty in their old age. Old Sylph. <laughs> My old Sylph. Shout out to Sylph. Shout out to Sylph. Avid listener, I'm sure. She's she's the 1% on our female demographic. <laughs> um, no, what about uh, you? I had, I had a Easter egg full of Mr. Whippy from the Plaza ice cream van down the front. Shout out to Plaza. <laughs> I know. 
other other ice cream brands are available. <laughs> um, anything else on your radar? Uh, not too much. I've been looking forward to this one. To be fair, the card last week, I was I was quite um, intrigued by it, so I'm looking forward to reviewing it. Other than that, obviously, oh, we we'll talk about it. But New Japan, um, the Sakura yep, yep. Genesis at the end, yes. So that we That's watched that. Post. That was something happened this week. Yeah, it's just. I mean, we're almost out of lockdown. Monday, we can go to the pub outside so i mean we're just we're almost there folks almost uh other than easter i don't think i've had much oh tell you what i did find i have been listening to okay so you know the song i touch myself by divine <laughs> where are you going with this song <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like i'm like do you know that's based on real activity if you touch if you touch yourself down there feels like a sneeze but better no that's not where i'm going with this I'm just 30 years old just discovered this no i found i found a choir version of that song and i just had it on repeat like it's really Jesus. good <laughs> well there Let you go pull it up for you i can add it real quick to my soundpad please don't pull it up for me <laughs> no, i've done it's, it's too late hold on wait i'll get, I'll get to the good stuff see you're bopping already i told you Oh, it is a banger, to be fair. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, Magical. I had that on repeat, and I, was, I thought, I'll just pull that out for you real quick. Cause, well, thank you very uh, much. My, my day has been lightened by that. I think it's the same group who did that uh, creep by Radiohead for The Social Network. Did you see that? I've not seen The Social Network. No, I do need to check it out. You should watch it. You look a bit like Mark Zuckerberg for Ginger. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did watch this week, actually, Easter weekend. Uh, me, Georgina and her family watched the new Wonder Woman film. Um, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not as good as the first Wonder Woman film. It was very strange, but you know. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman film. Wonder, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonderbar Woman. As we need to know what Wonder Woman is in German. Wonderfraulein. That's my guess. There you go. Because wonderful is Wonderbar, Wunderbar, and like woman is like Frau or Fraulein or something. So Wunderfrau. That's Patrick, my guess. Patrick, when you listen to this, please confirm whether Tom's got that right or not. <laughs> I hope it's something completely different. <laughs> Hilarious. Let's launch into Dynamite. Let's do First up, we had the inner circle arriving in style before anything else. I, this was my first mark-out moment of the night, to be honest with you. Really? <laughs> I, um, yeah. No, when they they just look so legit in their like leather jackets. I mean, you could tell already before what transpired in, later on in the night that they'd already they'd turned face. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But um, it yeah, I I I'm so here for I'm I'm buying in to face inner circle. They're so good. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, not much to say about this because it was like literally a couple of seconds. Just but worth mentioning. Worth mentioning because that's how they opened the show. It was a cold open. It's not like, a, you know, they usually um, start with the the boom, let's go ignite. We start off with Hangman Page versus Max Caster. As he's coming out, they let us know that Hangman Page is the number one ranked competitor for the AEW world title. Um well, unless the rankings change, but yeah, they made that very clear. So I assume they're working towards a title match with him and Kenny, I suppose. Um, or, or what? After I'm assuming after Kenny has the match with Rich Swan. Um, thoughts on that, Jack? Are you? Uh, is it time already? 
Oh, I don't know. I, I kind of was a bit annoyed when they said Feels that. Feels a bit soon, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah. Because yeah. you know as soon as they address it on air, that means it's coming, you know? Yeah, so I'm thinking double or nothing, they might pull the trigger. I'd like to have them to have um, waited it out till the end of the year because then it would have been... Well, Kenny can beat him once and then he can... Yeah, that, actually, yeah, because then it's like a yeah a redemption thing. And then, but... it's his third, it's a, then it's his third try for the title as well because he went uh, against Chris Jericho for it. And then, yeah, you know, that would have been lost. nice. That'd you be know, nice. whole r- rule, of, rule of three always feels mm. good in these kind of underdog stories. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'll just get on to Max Caster's rap. I took a few notes from that. He mentioned that Hangman Page used to be a star. Now he's fading. Uh, mentioned that he's slipping like Joe Biden when he can. Do you see that video when he fell up? The yeah, that, that one was. That was I regardless actually, of. Yeah, no, I normally just kind of brush over the acclaims rap, but this one actually I liked because there was some <laughs> there was some cold digs. <laughs> regardless of political affiliation, I didn't quite get this one. Dancing with the Devil, like Little Nas X, is that a song from him? Yeah, new Little Nas X yeah. music video got released, uh, and he's basically dancing on a stripper pole with the devil. <laughs> sexy, and. Um, <laughs> And he mentioned he likened himself to a breathalyzer and invited Hangman to blow him. Although um, Anthony Bowens cut him off before he said "blow me," uh, he says you can't say that on TNT. Which I mean, I think you can. You can say shit and yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you say can blow say me. That. So it kind of it's kind of silly that they said that. You can say that on TNT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thoughts uh, thoughts about this match. I mean, this is this is good. This is good with two people because I can ask you for your thoughts at the beginning about the match. Then I can give the play by play, and then we can talk about events after the match. Exactly. Thoughts about the match, Jack. Um, yeah, I tell you what, not the best night match of the night, but a solid opener. It felt like it felt like you know when you go to a gig and you see a good support act before the band. It's like that's not the main reason you tuned in for this week, but it it was solid. And um, yeah, I feel like Max Caster, um, like I said, well actually we cut that bit out. So we cut out a bit where I said I start to starting to like the acclaimed. It's, it's a very much when they first joined, I, I wasn't digging them at all, but it's been growing and growing. And I feel like this kind of we disagreed on them at the beginning, didn't I? I liked them off the yeah. bat and you didn't. And nah. it was, we, we rarely seem to disagree on wrestling, but that one we did. Yeah. But I've, I've grown on, they've grown on me a bit. I think it, with the, with the addition of a good rap this week that I thoroughly enjoyed, um, <laughs> And yeah, the, this this match in general, it wasn't wasn't too long either. I think the the way the match went was correct. I think it was um you know it was always going to be a hangman win on basis you know them saying oh he's number one all this sort of thing. But that being said, definitely not a squash. Max Caster looked legit. Um, I always like when a tag team has good singles wrestlers in it as well. And it's definitely felt like one of them. And yeah, they I, do. I mean, because Anthony Bowen's been injured, hasn't he? So that's yeah. why they're kind of been showcasing Max as a, a singles wrestler. So they clearly want to keep the acclaimed in in the spotlight, as it were. Yeah. So overall, not best match of night, but that's being said, a great opener. It's. I mean, that's. It's. There was such a high bar this week for matches that I would. I would agree with you that there were a couple of matches better than this, and yeah, I'd still give I still gave this a four star. Yeah, um, I'll give you the give you the rundown. Jr. Uh, this this is one thing as they start. Jr. called Hangman a veteran and Caster. I'm pretty sure that Caster's older. <laughs> Although I think um, I think Hangman has been in about twice as long, but I think I think um, Max Caster's still been wrestling like six years. So I wouldn't call him a rookie. And um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call Hangman a veteran after twelve either, because he's only like recently broken through the last couple of years. But regardless, I thought that was a bit of a weird call. But I'm probably being nitpicky. Him calling Hangman a veteran and Caster a rookie. Um, it was, a, it was a strong Hangman start. 
Um, oh, Excal- uh, Excalibur passes condolences to fans, friends, and family of Jack. I can't pronounce the surname. Ven- I feel really bad because it's um, <laughs> is it Veno 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 Venimo. I'm I'm not too sure. Venino, I think. I yeah, he's uh, it you know uh, one of those ones where I kind of feel bad for not knowing more about him. It was mm. Dominican uh, wrestling legend that died. Um, well, within the last week, and uh, he actually beat Ric Flair for the NWA title, although it wasn't recognised. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently, I was reading up on it just because, like you know, like I said, when someone passes away in wrestling, you want to find out some more about them. And sorry to just cut away from the match quick, but this dude, he, they, they had a match in the Dominican Republic, and he, um, and Ric Flair apparently before the match he wasn't supposed to lose the NWA title which is why the NWA didn't recognise the loss but the crowd was so hot in the Dominican Republic for their hometown guy that Rick was like you got to beat me because this crowd's going to go fucking mental and riot if you don't beat me that's <laughs> so it, I like that and I, I'm, that's why I'm what I'm more annoyed about in the COVID situation because and you saw it a bit obviously before but when like Brit when they returned to Pittsburgh and obviously they yeah. well I know they used Britsburg, to play, yeah, Britsburg, didn't they? Yeah, and um, and yeah, that that just kind of you miss that crowd, especially the hometown crowd, where like well, you yeah, get I that mean, when it feels big. Yeah, I've, I mean, CM Punk at Money in the Bank in Chicago. Who can forget that? Like, there's hometown crowds. There's nothing like them. But yeah, this, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, um, they, they, they just did it on the fly because he was worried the crowd was going to riot. So <laughs> it's, it's wild. But yeah, R.I.P. Anyway, back to the match. Um, Cal- uh, Caster seemed to be struggling to get in it. It was quite a face domination, which was a bit um, different. Page hit a senton, not one of the flipping sentons, but like a, a, a dropping senton. It's not something I've seen him do um, too often. So I, I like. I always found that I like Page. I find him quite a explosive wrestler. If that makes sense. Um, I have always. I always found his moveset a little bit limited. Though that's the only thing. So I do like to see him trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Casa drags Paige out of the ring. Uh, Hangman brings it back in, but he gets distracted um, by Bowens. I believe they tied briefly turns, uh, but then Hangman gets it back, knocks Casta out of the ring, and, cr- and does a springboard crossbody. Um, he he then gave a very weak nut nut shot on the railings. You know, we lifted him up and <laughs> yeah, dropped yeah, him yeah, that him. was good. Like they sold they sold that like it was like real pain, and he just like placed him softly onto <laughs> it, and then uh, and then did a move uh, on on the railings. Um, so he did get distracted again by Burns, but between that he was like ignoring Burns and turning his back. And Jr. was like, "Oh, you don't want to turn your back on him? That's disrespect." But then when he gets distracted, he's like, he's taking his eye off the ball. He's taking his eye off Caster. <laughs> can't win, can't with JR. fucking win. <laughs> you know, sort, make it, make your mind up, Jr. Um, yeah, they brought it back in. There was some back and forth wrestling. Nice spinebuster from Page and a big exploder. Uh, he went for the dead eye on the ring apron after that, uh, and then they traded strikes. And he just ended up slamming him down, slamming Caster down, uh, rather than hitting the dead eye. Uh, there was a botch from Caster after they went back into the ring, and and Hangman got up on the ropes. Uh, I think Bowen's put him up on the ropes, and um, Caster went to jump up to the second rope, and he botched it the first time. So he went up, he went up for a second time, uh, and yeah, he uh, ended up locking Page in a submission, which was interesting. 
Um, Caster went for a springboard move towards the end. Hangman intercepted that, and that was the beginning of the end when he kind of knocked him out of the sky. He went for the dead eye. Um, then there was some boombox fuckery. Um, Anthony Bowens brought the uh, boombox in and slipped it to him. Uh, that turned out to be a distraction because the referee was get Hangman ended up ended up with the boombox, and as I think it was Rick Knox, I don't know, can't remember. Uh, as the uh, the referee was getting rid of the boombox. Um, Caster got his chain in the ring and hit him with the chain uh, in the head and it looked like a false finish this was a straight up false finish for me like they um, they legit threw a false finish in that, that it was going to be a heel win uh, for for Caster but uh, big big mark out moment when Hangman kicks out um, he hit a moonsault on the apron to neutralise Bowens then hit the buckshot gets the pin great match I think and his ranking is then reiterated after the match so you know they're looking to kind of push him into the spotlight. Next up, we had Tony Schiavone introducing Death Triangle. Uh, great to see Death Triangle back together. Are they just abandoning all that Laredo kid stuff? Now, that was just filler, wasn't it? While Pac, while Pac was, you know, injured. It's, it just, it's just weird because this specifically weird thing is they seem to be building a thing around it, like multiple stories. First, they had the Cody thing with Penta. And then that was scrapped and just ignored like it never happened. And they they brought um, Alex Abrahantes in and, like, translating, essentially, I think, like, being a mouthpiece. And it's like, so that's just gone as well then, just just because Pac's back. Like, it doesn't make sense in kayfabe to me. I don't know about you. Now, I'm, yeah, and it just, it, it was filler. Let's, let's not, you know, let's not lie to ourselves. It was filler. Was it good filler? Yeah. I mean, they got a good t-shirt out of it. I know um, that Penta says t-shirts do well. Laredo Kid, we got to see some great stuff from him. Um, Did they got a but, t-shirt out about them? Yeah, yeah. It says Penta says. And That's it's jammy, isn't it? <laughs> Literally. Any, any chance oh, to make a bit oh, of money. Oh, they're doing the Penta says thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was laughing about that to be for Penta says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, they, it's literally like they heard this podcast and made a t-shirt about it. Um, Probably did. <laughs> you know, we will take 50%. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not yeah, asking for much, guys. not asking much. But that being said... Just a plug said, on Dynamite over the main event. Yeah, yeah um, but yeah, that being said... I, I'm happier with it because with the Pentasez thing and Laredo Kid, they they lost that sort of, in my opinion, that tweener that they had in the fact yeah. that with with Pack, you know their face because of the people they're facing and you know they're hot with the crowd, but they still get that menacing kind of, especially I see with Tony and Pack in the promo where he kind of he was scared of Pack and you should be Pack's a scary guy he looks you know terrifying when they had Laredo Kid and obviously Alex Abrahantes it wasn't was it it was just they they then had that face kind of moment and now he's back now they can go back to what made them great and what made them you know hot I think. Obviously, this match that they're going to have with Bucks, which is what Tony said, um, coming next week, which, again, we'll mention more on that in the preview next week's card. But um, <clears throat> in my opinion, might still be a bit too soon. I feel like they won the shot at um, Revolution. I was expect They had a little bit of build-up with it. Then Pack had to go, and they obviously got the radar kit. I'd like to have seen at least a couple more weeks to build it back up the hype. It seems like they just dropped it again now, and especially with, again, you'll touch on it in a second, but Best Friends coming out, it seems like they're already skipping past the fact that, you know, Pack, uh, well, Death Triangle, or, yeah, two members of Death Triangle have this tag match and they're already looking to the next thing post that match. Seems like an afterthought, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. 
They're not. They're, we've also got the SEU stuff that hasn't mm. really been touched on in a while. That seems to have been, you know, not stressed as much as it should have been. Um, I just feel like there could be a way to weave all these narratives together mm. uh, that that reminds us of, of stuff a little more than they have been. Anyway, well, I'd, uh, quickly, um, whilst you, I should yep, say well, that, I think the only thing that... You know what? They don't even have to have them have a match each week or do the sting, <laughs> the Tony Schiavone stalks sting. But they just do. You know what? We slag it off, but it's just the Jay Cargill promos. It means she's still in your mind. She's still relevant, but she's not doing yeah. anything. And they could have just oh, done no, that. With... I, just because I'm not a fan of Jay Cargill doesn't mean I'm no. not a fan of the idea of promos. <laughs> yeah, and D wrestlers. Exactly. And they could have. I mean, Pac did it before when this hype back, didn't he? he? Did the promos where he wasn't there, but he was yeah. sending stuff in. They could have done that. Still. I'm a honey badger, mate. Exactly. And I'm sure... all your bastard face off I'm sure they could have you know I mean the magic of television I'm sure they could have sorted something to keep him but they just obviously did this fellow and it was what it was we enjoyed it um, but now we're back to the good shit <laughs> and as you said best friends came out interrupted reminded them of their feud a little bit they played some videos about you know uh, uh, the death triangle screwing them over Pack said, Pack, Pack acknowledged, oh yeah, you want a shot. You know, he acknowledged it, but then said they're far from worthy and told them to jog on. Nice to hear that on American <laughs> television. Um, then, uh, I don't know if it was Chucky T, or I think it was Chucky T, yeah, because I think Orange Cassidy came out to remind them. He was on the mic first, reminded them of uh, of their feud. And I believe it was Chucky T mentioned they had uh, more wins than anyone else in the cup. Actually, that might have been Trent Uh, Trent, anyway, maybe. One of them. Um, They mentioned that they've got more wins than anyone else in the company. I don't know if they just, when they said that, they meant just tag teams or probably just tag teams because Mm. I think you'd be hard-pressed to have more than John Moxley or uh, maybe Kenny Omega. I don't know. But team-wise, I guess, yeah. Um, And then it definitely was Brett that finished off saying, oh, no, was it? No, that might have been Chucky T. Oh, fuck it. I don't (laughs) know. Best friends, as a collective, they finished off saying, the boys are back in town. Oh, and we've got an alien with us too now, <laughs> which I loved. Um, I really popped hard when uh, when their music hit. I, it's pop-worthy music is where is my mind. It's so good. Such good stuff. Like, they are so over. They are so... I'm just... I'm. We're talking about who I'm buying into this week. Buying into, that's the, the buy-in. That's, that's <laughs> the theme of the week. Uh, Inner Circle... Yes, they're on the Power 5. They're making my Faye 5 this week, as are best friends. There you go. That's two so far. I'll give you my more as, as we go on. This will be my new segment. You can have my old one. You can have, uh, <laughs> you can have Screamer of the Week because you want something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do Faye 5 like Booker T. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, good stuff. Uh, do you have anything to add, obviously, because we didn't talk about the best friends coming up before? Yeah, only just I'm I'm for it. I just want to see. I, yeah, I'll tell you what, there was a little part of me um, that wanted them to announce the trio's title there because I thought, and I, I thought they were going to because they came out and obviously Pac then mentioned about them having a tag match and potentially being tag champions. And before Best Friends then said anything, I thought in my head, I was like, oh my God, they're going to be like, you assume we want the tag title now. And then they were going to drop it because they came out as like the three. And now they're back, you know, back when, if you're thinking like summer last year, maybe um, late like autumn kind of time, basically around all out time when Orange Cassidy was busy with Jericho, best friends were dealing more as a two when they were having the interactions with all these different, you know, wrestlers, it was mainly them two. And now they're sorting out more as a three and they're coming out even with, well, with four with Chris Statlander. But I thought now would have been a perfect time. I think I just wanted to pull the trigger just, on the trio. I, I, I just, I just want, I just want them to be champs. They, they, I like, 
they were always a team I was fond of, but I always accepted these are undercard guys. These aren't yeah. the title holders we've got in front of us. Now they feel like they are. Mm, now they're they feel a big like, deal. Big deal. They feel like a big deal. They feel like tag champs. Um, um, oh, and gems, like, last, um, yeah, come on. I just wanted to say, I always look at these teams and try and match them up like people by people, um, wrestler by wrestler. And I'd love to see if you're going for like this death triangle thing, it'd be cool to have someone like maybe another Spanish wrestler, but like female or Latin, Ameri- uh, Latin American wrestler, I should say, like Funderosa maybe. Do you want like death yeah. triangle thing would be so cool. Um, but that's just because a- you're Mexican as well. That's exactly. So, um, um, so just, but that's just a dream kind of booking. I just love, I just love that, that especially if the radio kid is, is like a kind of temporary part-time member of them. Then they have like, they have like four Mexicans and then just this Geordie. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> just like I chilling it. with them. Why? <laughs> um, although they couldn't be death triangle then they'd have to be de- death hexagon. <laughs> I like that actually. That's, that's quite a cool name. Death hex. <laughs> Get it done. Get it done. Death Hex. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm down for that. It's better than Death Triangle anyway. It was how fucking weird we thought that was when they first came out. Um, right, uh, next up, well, it's not really a, another segment. I just, I picked this quote out specifically when they were talking about um, what's coming up next. Just how fucking hilarious it was. Been. So it was. So they, they were announcing other matches later in the night and... <laughs> JR, and this is, I've, I, I quoted him. He was talking about the, uh, he was trying, God bless him, to announce the Jurassic Express versus Bear Country match. Oh, yeah. He said, <laughs> he said you're already laughing. I'm going to try and do my, <clears throat> by God, I'll get my JR voice on. <laughs> it's been called Godzilla versus King, King, King Kong versus Kong. Jurassic Express versus Bear Country. Godzilla versus Kong match. <laughs> That, word, no, word for the for best word, bit as well was after and when he, he, when he said, yeah, it, "Yeah, he said, did I tell you I love Godzilla?" <laughs> he, <laughs> no. and, and, yeah, twice he mentioned afterwards, and twice, oh. and when they were getting to the end, he said, "Did I tell you I love Godzilla?" He did it like two minutes later as well. He did it once oh. and then did it. God but, yeah, bless that's, you, JR. That's word for word. He's because st- he was trying. I guess he was trying to make light of him stumbling over. It's been called Godzilla versus King Kong versus Kong, Jurassic Express versus Bear Country, Godzilla versus Kong match. That's word for. <laughs> what he said um anyway we'll talk about that later but next up was the inner circle revelation um oh this mate was the it's hard it's tough because cody cody remember cody's promo uh yeah and uh i think it was ironically i think it was in the jericho feud wasn't it when he was talking about it was uh, it was his undeniable to odd oh yeah that was iconic goddamn, uh, and and uh, yeah, you know the one I'm on about. Yeah, undeniable promo. Un- so, undeniable to no, it's like no, un un undesirable to undeniable. Undeniable. Yeah. That was such a good promo. So it's it's hard to top that. But if anyone has, it's this promo. This was good arguably Lord. my favorite promo. I think I put it over Cody. I think yeah. I that just... the greatest promo in AEW history. <laughs> Maybe. It, let us know, actually. Let us know on Instagram and Twitter. Do you think? Well, it's, yeah, we should do a poll out of the two. There you go. We're, yeah, which, we'll, which, we'll is, we'll put which up is a better promo: Cody's um, undesirable to ungoddamn deniable, or Jericho talking to the Pinnacle. Jericho's systematic destruction of the Pinnacle. So, so good. We start off. Sammy signs are back 
Very happy about that. Uh, <laughs> with the Sammy signs in the. Uh, in, I, I in like the, the bit that as well, where they were like, um, they were like, "Can you see that?" And everyone was like, "No!" And then they put it on the big screen, and they know. He, he, the he said, "He said, just laugh. It's funny. I promise." <laughs> like before they got it, got it up. But um, yeah, Sammy signs were back. There was an inner, the big inner circle chant. Um, I've actually got a transcript of Sammy signs. It was the following. Before I start, let's get this out of the way. Hit me up. Speaking of hits, whether it's tables, doors, or ice baths, or even glass, the inner circle has hits for days. Hey, Pinnacle, how you feeling? One more thing. It feels good to be back. Feels good to have him back, specifically uh, Sammy Vara. It just it feels so long since I've had Sammy on a regular basis. And I'll tell you what. Tell you what, he's 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 in my Faye Five of the week as part of the inner circle. He's also individually. Just just his presence. He didn't. He wasn't on the mic. Obviously, Jericho was. But uh, I just I want I want more Sammy. I want more Sammy. <laughs> um, he, he got his own chant, didn't he? As well, did he? Or was yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that's what. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just feel like the audience has missed him because mm. he was the only one who got like an individual chant. Even yeah. though obviously the show stealer was Chris Jericho. Um, Jericho. Jericho mentioned, I don't know if people in the US saw this, but he mentioned to chant when uh, he said, that, that inner circle chant you, uh, you you were doing just then, do that again. Oh, when we've got 30 seconds, when we're, when we're back in 30 seconds, I'll give you a warning. Start doing that and people will think we're really popular. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they, uh, yeah, they came back and, uh, and it was, it was, uh, they were chanting. Um, the commentators also took the piss, which probably confused. Uh, they probably didn't pick up on it, the US audience, without the context. But the commentators were like, "Wow, these the inner circle are really popular." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. they were taking, they were taking the piss. So um, yeah, that's what that was about. If anyone didn't see what happened during the break, Jericho mentioned that they're back. Says they got the beat time, beat down of the lifetime from the pineapple, and uh, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy corrected him. Um, I mean, this was a this was a face turn, uh, straight up, because they said they made bad decisions and apologised. This was good stuff. He uh, references refers to MJF as my jerk off friend. MJF, <laughs> my jerk off friend. Um, talks about his teacher thinking he was on dope because he was. He said, "I'm not a smart guy." My teacher was like, he was, "What was the funniest part about this was when he said that there were two, I think, exactly two guys in the audience." That marked out for dope. <laughs> they were like, it was two guys like, yeah, <laughs> dope. <laughs> like, like I was like, all right, they're just they're those stoners. Do you know what I mean? Whose entire identity revolves around it. Um, so there's a couple of those in the AEW audience for sure. Um, and then he was saying, no, he didn't smoke dope. He just wasn't very smart. Um, but he knows pro wrestling. Knew they'd be betrayed. But he was a step ahead. Uh, but MGF was a step ahead of that. <laughs> so um, yeah, he he talks about his. Uh, MJ, MJF's tan ripped on his tan and said it was streakier than uh, the uh, he looked uh, more orange than Cassidy and streakier than the uh, than the toilet he flushed in. yeah uh, you just he's, this was just full of slams um, so it talks about MJF wanting to be better now even though he's a future prospect MJF's impatient he wants to be better now but you can't be better than the GOAT now because you know Chris Jericho's still going 
Jericho said he should he should aim he should aim, he should set his sights lower. He should aim to be better than Peter Avalon or Michael Nakazawa <laughs> or his scarf. Um, and he mentions how he stole his scarf gimmick. He was like, I was I was doing the scarf thing five six years ago, and and get a clipboard because uh, the listed list of Jericho he's uh, telling them to you know steal more of his gimmicks. Uh, he mentions the MJF. This felt like a shoot. This little bit. He felt like he was literally telling the truth and letting out a little MJF thing here because it's so inconsistent with MJF's on-screen character. Jericho mentioned how MJF really cares what people think, and when he gets backstage, he goes onto social media to check what people like, what fans are saying about his promos and his matches. And I'm like, dude, that feels like a shoot. That feels like actually MJF does care about what people. That's that's funny. Like, um. He he says that MJF is a mark mark for himself, but that he's gonna uh, he's gonna re- rename it. He's a max for himself. <laughs> um, so you heard it here first. It, wrestling marks are no longer marks; they're maxes. Um, Jericho says that MJF will never be better than him. He surrounded himself with sour men, including the third string four horsemen, <laughs> somewhere between Ole Anderson and I forget the other person he mentioned. Uh, called. Uh, Called Dax and Cash the Jonas Brothers of wrestling, <laughs> of a, Jonas Brothers of AEW, in that you know they're successful, you just can't tell which is which. <laughs> it's so true as well because like they look, they don't look the same, Dax and Cash. But for the longest time when they came in, I was like, I, which one's Dax and which one's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's to do with the names, but um, yeah. Um, what what else? Oh. He, uh, again, felt like a shoot, mentioned how Sean Spears, when he got fired from WWE, um, he called Jericho for advice. Um, again, like, that just feels like Jericho's just dropping truth bombs into this thing. Um, I stopped taking notes here, actually, because Jericho was compelling me so much. But I do remember he, he mentioned Wardlow. Some more burns. He said he had, like, a million-dollar brain with a 13-cent body. I don't know if he meant that the other way around. I think he probably did. Um <laughs> And uh, and that he's so stupid. I've seen him take his clothes off to count to twenty-one. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, some good shit. Um, and then came the revelation they talked about. Jericho was getting jacked up. He was screaming at the mic. I've never seen so much passion from the man, and I've been watching the man for a long, long time. Pretty much as long as I've been watching wrestling, I've been watching Jericho. So over twenty years, never seen him get this jacked up. Uh, and announces blood and guts. Crowd goes wild. At least I did. I didn't hear the crowd. I was just <laughs> screaming in my fucking living room. Um, Jack, blood and guts, blood and guts, blood and guts. You know what? I feel sorry. Once again, to... that's blood and guts. Carry on. <laughs> I feel sorry that Patrick can't be here because I swear, like we mentioned every He's been week, waiting for it. Yeah, He's when been we waiting for it. when we gonna pull the plug, honestly. And I'm quite a silent, <laughs> quite a silent lover. <laughs> no. Confirm. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I'm watching wrestling, there's not often I pop, but this genuinely, and I and I'm not faking this. Goosebumps, screamed. Then you obviously hear Jericho's music to close out the segment. I was screaming along to that. Uh, I was just like, "This is." I was just... singing. I was singing Judas as well. I had uh, my hands up in the air. Yeah, I was like... going mental, and I was just like, "This is what you know what." And it was as well saying um, that he said, like, basically, I can't remember the exact words used, but basically said, "We've been waiting for this for a year, um, and you know we're sick of waiting now. It's going to happen." And yeah. he was like, obviously blood and guts. May May fifth, I think it was, and I was just like fuck i was like they've actually done it i was like because I, I, I think we probably 
knew it was unrealistic, but all still had a feeling that, oh, if they're going to pull blood and guts, they're going to try and wear him in back in the elite and get that storyline. Um, and then obviously the pinnacle came along. We knew if they're going to do a different version of blood and guts, it's going to be a damn. And I just can't believe they had the balls to do it. I thought they were going to wait as long as obviously to get a full crowd, but they're sick of waiting and we're sick of waiting. We wanted it and we fucking got it. I mean, it makes no difference to us as a UK audience. We were always going to watch it on telly. Um, it would obviously be particular <laughs> live audience, but um, you know, they still get a little live audience in Jacksonville, but I'm just so, so excited. So pumped. Probably my two favorite factions at the moment in AW just joining to going to have, honestly, potentially might call it now match of the year it's gonna be brutal it's gonna be beautiful it's gonna be bloody all the b metaphors you can think of it's just gonna be bloody fantastic thomas brutal bloody brutality wait no beautiful bloody brutality there we go there you go next up we had dasha gonzalez interviewing christian cage uh cage said he loved every second of being back in his match against frankie Taz interrupts him and offers him the choice, extends the option, if you will, to join Team Taz. Jack, should uh, Christian Cage join Team Taz? Will they help him outwork everyone? Realistically, don't think he's going to join Team Taz. I'd love it, though. I think it'd give him some... Because I think in AEW, we're seeing everyone's aligning themselves to a faction. And I think it'd be pretty bloody cool if they had Christian, just for the fact that, you know, I think Brian Cage... Well, they've got some good stars in there anyway. But I think having Christian Cage is kind of like their main guy. Cage. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be, you know, <laughs> I think it'd be coincidental. But um, but no, I think it'd be cool. Um, so I'm here for it. Don't think it's going to happen because yeah, Taz a heel and Christian's face. But... I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'd, I'd be for it. Would you? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, team Taz friend. Yeah, no, um, I don't think it's going to happen. Get either, one of the orange but... baseball caps. <laughs> I'm not sure how I'd feel about it. It would depend how they played it. But yeah. Um, on, on the flip side, it would also be nice to see someone not join a faction and not have a manager other than John Moxley. Do you know what I mean? I, so, I, like, I like the idea though because a lot of these legends that are coming in and coming in and going straight face, like a lot of them yeah. are the legends. Like That's true. And I think it'd be you nice to hot just... takes tonight, Joe. That's it. You give me a chance to speak and I come up with some bloody good stuff. <laughs> Next up was the long-awaited Godzilla versus King Kong match. <laughs> I mean, this has been shoehorned into Jurassic Express versus Bear Country. Like... Could they not at least have got Awesome Kong back to be like their manager, like Kong? Do you know what I mean? It's like Azure Kong. Anyone like Bear Kong? They're it's a completely different animal. It's not <laughs> King Kong is not a giant bear. Like it's like they've looked at him and gone, basically a bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's hairy. <laughs> it's hairy. Basically a bear. Um, started out with uh, a a trailer for Godzilla versus Kong, <laughs> spliced with footage of the teams. It's just bizarre. <laughs> the less we talk shit. about this match the better I reckon I, I mean again I thought this was I use this word like I thought this was the worst match but I would say I thought this was the least good match of the night mm. in that I gave it a 3.75 I think it was above average it was just such a high bar tonight um, you can tell Jericho's promo ran a little long because they were rushing through the entrances and the match started out like insanely uh, fast the same stuff with um, Christian Cage's interview. You could just see production was like 
cutting seconds, shaving vital seconds off. Do you know what I mean? So I think they just let Jericho just fucking go to town with that promo, and they couldn't cut him short because he had he had to announce the blood and guts thing. So um, I'm glad they did because that was a that was an all time goat promo. But still, um, st- as I say, started fast. Um, oh, <laughs> I think uh, um, Excalibur had a little dig about the whole thing by calling it some delicious corporate synergy um, <laughs> <laughs> their whole crossover stuff with the movie but yeah anyway bear country end up on the outside jungle boy sentons he's caught and then luchasaurus follows up with a senton on his own that knocks bear country down jungle boy goes for tiaris he's caught in a powerbomb by boulder bear boulder boulder bear boulder bear <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's his name that's his name now. That's it now. He's caught in a powerbomb by Build... He's caught in a powerbomb by Build-A-Bear. Um, <laughs> Luchasaurus. This this was a good spot, actually. So, Build-A-Bear's holding um, Jungle Boy in a powerbomb position, in a powerbomb hold. And Luchasaurus, like, jumps at Jungle Boy to, I guess, to try and knock him out of his arms. and Or jump jumps at Build-A-Bear. Um, and... <laughs> uh, and Build a bear kind of stands firm, and Ju- Luchasaurus, the big guy that he is, just bounces off them. Like he just uses Jungle Boy to like deflect him. It was I I, I really liked that spot. Um, so yeah, Bear Country were in control. It was very slow for the break. Um, we saw that a couple of times tonight, which I I never like, but I understand it why they slow it down for the break. Um, Luchasaurus hit a German suplex and went for a double choke slam on Bear Country. It was reversed. Um, I think he got a super kick in though. Or was it? Were they super kicking? I can't remember. I know there was a super kick in there somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that was it. And he went up to the top rope and uh, Builder Bear joined him up there. <laughs> um, this is really confusing because we're not that familiar <laughs> with Bear Country, but I've decided he's Builder Bear and the other guy is uh, Br- Bronson and Builder Bear. Um, so, Builder Bear went up and joined him on the top rope. There was He looked like he was going for a top, uh, him being Luchasaurus, looked like he was going for a top rope choke slam. It didn't happen. Builder Bear got a headbutt in and it turned into a suplex from Mr. Bear. Um, Jungle Boy broke up the pin. Springboard DDT on Bronson. Um, Builder Bear was planted by Luchasaurus. Bronson, and well, he went for the pin. Uh, Luchasaurus did. And then Bronson did a pile driver on Jungle Boy onto their backs to break up the pin. That was... Uh, a, a good spot as I say this wasn't a bad match there were some great spots in this match it was just just happened to be the least good of the night um, Bear Country went for their finishing move I think it is where they like splash off each other's shoulders or whatever um, Luchasaurus gets up before they can do it and uh, hits their Mesozoic Moonsault for the win um, yeah solid match wouldn't you say yeah I would say um, I don't I've I don't want to talk too much about this match because I don't think there was many, you know, repercussions from it. I think it merely was just like, oh, we've got a promo King. We, I'm doing it now. So I can see why you get confused, JR. We've got to promote Kong versus Godzilla. Um, and yeah, it just Godzilla versus it. Kong, actually. Fuck! <laughs> I, knew, <laughs> um, I knew once I said it, I was like, it's the other way around. Let's see if Tom picks this up. And he did. Um but no, it was, that's why I'm the host with the most. Um, now again, it was a it was another good match. Um, not a great match. Enjoyed it. I like I like the um, I like Bear Country. Like to see them um, you know rise up a bit. I think they've got some good like up and coming tag teams. Top Flight, um, Bear Country, Varsity Blondes. I'm liking a lot of these guys. Obviously, they're not going to win these matches against these you know 
I but, like their country, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and they're different. And we said this before, so we're not going to reiterate that point about why we love them so much, but they're different and that's what you need. Um, but yeah, good match. Let's move on next bit because there's not too much more to say. But also, JR, again, every time actually Jurassic Express or Jungle Boys wrestling always says about how he's going to be a future star. Every time it's like we get it, JR. Is he not a, are you saying he's not a star now, uh, JR? Exactly. He's, he's, he's like he's like he's going to be world champ or TNT champ this year. I, I put my money on it. I'm like, okay, JR. It's like we get it. Mm. Fucking, you're loving Jungle Boy every time. <laughs> every time we love Jungle Boy, but we don't blow him like JR. <laughs> <laughs> blow him like a, uh, a breathalyzer, as uh, Max Caster would put it. There you go. Next up, we had. QT Marshall <laughs> issuing a message to Cody. Um, he uh, mentioned that Cody's mantra should be do the work for me, not do the work. <laughs> quite, quite a good burn. So essentially it opened and him and his new faction were sat in like a gym. Uh, I think it might have been the Nightmare Factory actually. Um, and they were talking about building, you know, all your projects. It should be do the work for me. Um pretty scathing stuff mentioned that he was playing second fiddle to ted jr in uh wwe so just for some context um ted dibiase jr uh and cody were a tag team in wwe and they ended up joining up with randy orton to form legacy i believe they're called um so they were a trio in wwe and then uh qt mentioned the face paint which was when um, WE gave him a fucking stupid gimmick to bury him. They made him Stardust with Goldust, obviously, wears the face paint. So then they had Cody become Stardust and team up with his brother. And it, it just didn't work for him. It works for Goldust. It doesn't work for... And he had, like, a gold star face paint on, and he had a really kind of, like, noncy vibe. <laughs> like, like, you know... Do, do you know... Um, you know, uh, Nightman in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Cody, Cody as Stardust could have been Nightman and it would have been <laughs> terrifying. Um, but yeah, uh, he called him, he said that he'd surround, he's now surrounded himself with vanilla midgets on the indies to make himself feel better and called him Bargain Brand Sting. I was like, all right, cutie, hold up. Um, I don't really understand the Sting comparison. I'm sure someone could explain that to me. Uh, and then he mentioned how no one else is going to get overlooked. Solo will no longer be someone's boyfriend. It, it makes me laugh because he's obviously mentioning, you know, he was, Aaron Solo was known for being Bailey's boyfriend or Bailey's fiance afterwards. Um, that's funny because they recently broke up. So is I, I feel like Solo is just like such a mark that he's like broken up with her for, um, because he, you know, just because it bothered him that people like, <laughs> babies, but people aren't going to stop making that association. Do you know what I mean? Until you, until you make a name for yourself. Um, I mean, he's still, he's just Bailey's ex-boyfriend to me now. Do you know what I mean? Until he, um, until he makes a name from his own right. He's also got a really weird face, Aaron Solo. Mm. Can't get past his face. It, it, it I don't know. Just doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> um, then he mentioned Nick Comorado won't just be a body guy. I think that might also be a reference to how he was seen in WWE. Um, oh, my God. Then the absolute crown jewel of this segment. Was they went to Anthony Agogo. <laughs> Anthony Agogo. Okay, so he's he's very British. Um, he's, and he, uh, he, he mentioned... Uh, 
Okay, so one, he was like, they love me in England. I'm a ho- and they love me in Britain. I'm a household name. I'm a, uh, they cheer me. I, was like, oh, I mean, I had heard of Antonio Gogo, but, <laughs> you know, just chill your jets. It's not Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua, <laughs> is he? Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, and, uh, oh, this is the funniest part of this was when he said, <laughs> he said, I've done Subway commercials. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the pinnacle of don't you know who i am i'm actually a go-go from the subway commercial <laughs> um he said and and then a really weird death he said this is not great britain this is shitty america it's like you can do better than that shitty america what the fuck are you talking about like like i'm all for bigging up the uk and, and dissing on the us like apologies to our us listeners it's, it's nice to have a little bit of a friendly competition but <laughs> like you can do better than that this isn't great britain this is shitty america <laughs> playground stuff um and then he said like oh you yanks are gonna learn soon or whatever you'll know and yeah just just he's just a bizarre man <laughs> um, i'm looking forward to it i guess i'm looking forward to seeing antonio gogo in action he's an olympic bronze medalist yeah bronze yeah say. but um but fuck me, was that a weird, <laughs> a weird little promo he cut as well? Like, I don't know. And they didn't have Solo or Comrado speak. They just just had, had Antonio Gogo go off. Um, Jack, uh, as far as your household is concerned, is Antonio Gogo a household name? Do you cheer him <laughs> on to victory? I mean, I didn't know him before AEW. So you, there you go. There so that's, you go. that's pissed on his cornflakes. You, isn't you it? also missed the icing on the cake where I think it was Nick Comarado. Or Comoroto or whatever, yeah. Threw the paint on the threw the paint onto the Nightmare Factory logo and looked like he kind of scuffed it a little bit. It didn't look like he threw it. I don't remember that. I I just must have been creasing up about um, Antonio Gogo's subway shoot. (laughs) Yeah, he he threw paint onto some blue paint onto the Nightmare Factory logo. So you're um, hard. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, No, it was a it's a weird promo. It kind of has the same feel as Jade Cargill in the sense it feels like it's a different universe to Dynamite. Yeah. Okay, so so that's a good point. Um so right, I just want to say coming from you 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 your journey with QT Marshall has been uh has been some long term booking, Jack, as far as this podcast <laughs> Electrifying. <laughs> I know. You you hated him. Uh he, he was in the way, he was an extra, he was nobody. He was dare I say, undesirable? <laughs> um, is he making his way to undeniable? This is the thing. It, I, I, I know that tentatively, he was starting to show signs of not being completely fucking useless in your eyes. <laughs> is is this a step in the right, a step further in the right direction? Or is this just like, has he stayed in place with this promo? Have you become even a glimmer more excited about QT Marshall? Nah, I, he's staying in the same place this week. Last week okay. he built me up a little bit, but now he's I think, kind of. I think the week before he took a baby yeah, step as well. Yeah. He took two baby steps, and now he's he's still exactly. a bit. But um, he hasn't moved backwards. It hasn't moved him backwards this promo. No, stayed no. the same place. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just. I mean, yeah, the it was just a weird promo. <laughs> Let's go. We need to get we need to get the QT meter, which is <laughs> yeah, like, the QT like a little <laughs> the QT meter where we. Uh, 
we 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 have a little scale of how far along QT gets to to being liked by Jack. <laughs> he's like, has he has he come forward this week? Now he's taking a step back this week. Oh, he moved oh. down the scale. Oh, woo! Um, let's try. I mean, I mean, that sounds like it requires visuals, but we can maybe we'll sort something out. <laughs> that, that can be your segment. Joy is <laughs> you've been begging for a segment. Yours can be how much do I like QT Marshall oh, this week? Thank you so much. <laughs> with, with its own jingle and everything, Patrick doesn't get that. Um, right. Next up, we had Tony Schiavone interviewing Sting. So this is this is a thing they do. Like obviously, obviously, it's become a meme now that Sting just gets interrupted, and they 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 being AEW just acknowledge it now and play off it and play up. But I mean, undeniably, it was originally a mistake on their part, and it wasn't intentional, and they've just made it something intentional, um, and. I get why they do that, although it just just don't do it in the first place. You know what I mean? You don't have to make a joke out of your mistakes. Um, but yeah, um, they just want to show. Oh yeah, we're self-aware, and then it kind of def- deflects criticism. But anyway, he was interrupted, obviously, before he even started talking again. Uh, Jake the Snake interrupted, um, asked him where his gerbil friend was, and I, I love this because Jake goes, he's like, "Where's your gerbil friend?" And then he goes, "Ha ha." gerbil friend like he laughed at his own, like he laughed at his own joke <laughs> and then like repeated it um and uh he he started defining insanity which was doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results which i suppose is sting coming out and expecting to get on the yeah. fucking mic um because yeah no they jake as i said they were self-aware jake was like oh we do the thing right you come out you don't talk i come out um Archer comes out and says, no, 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 I'm sick of the engender in AEW. Archer says, uh, Sting, he says, Sting doesn't need to talk. Uh, you know, he needs to, I don't know what he meant by that, actually. I've just written it down. Um, anyway, long story short, Sting, he, uh, Archer says he's been, like, underbooked, essentially, by, he's, he's he was given a, he was given a top spot, a big match uh, against Moxley, and then he just disappeared. Sting surprise surprise said i actually i agree with you you should you are a top star you have been mistreated um you you should you should be and i would be asking questions why you're not in the in the in the title picture um so yeah he agreed with him and uh seemed to be on side on in in camp in camp archer uh we also saw ethan page and scorpio sky in the rafters Pulling funny faces, Ethan Page in particular was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, just a quick cut to remind us that they exist and are somehow embroiled in this. Um, uh, yeah, what I mean, there's a lot to a lot to unpack, as Tony Schiavone would say, because he said that like two or three times this episode. Of <laughs> but there was a lot to unpack about this uh, this this promo, Jack. What I mean, help us make heads or tail of it. Uh, where do I start? Um, so it kind of seems like. There's multiple directions this could go in. Um, one of which being Sting taking on Lance Archer as well. I kind of got that feeling at some point. I also got a feeling of Lance Archer versus Darby Allen for TNT title at some point. Um, whether they're trying to build that up. Um, yeah, and then the only reason I could think that they kept on showing Ethan Page and Scorpio Skies that, you know, Lance Archer's 
leading this kind of we're being underappreciated. Scorpio Sky's done several promos now about being But they looked like they were disagreeing with them. Yeah. They, looked, they looked indignant. They looked like they were like, get out of here with yeah. Lance, what, what Lance Archer was saying. But maybe it's because they're like, they feel like they've been underappreciated more than Lance Archer. So it's what, like, about, what about Archer and Derby versus those two? Yeah. I, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care about it. But. No, I mean, I, it's kind of... I think this is a typical AW moment where they think they're giving the people what they want, but they're not really giving the people what they want because the people don't really give shit. And it's just like trying, they, they're trying to find directions where they can take stuff. And then they, they basically find a direction, um, see how the fans respond and that judges it. So then they're like, Oh, is this clicking? Okay. This is our next kind of storyline for this person. Which it's is like, better than the alternative, to be honest, is listening yeah, and, yeah. and reacting. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, I get you. yeah, I think they've, they've shown signs of making a bad storyline. Good. We've seen with Miro, um, Kip last week and, uh, OC and Chucky T. Arcade Anarchy. We saw it with, um, the street brawl, at, um, revolution, just to name the most recent two. Um, so we've seen it several times. So we know it's doable, but first signs of this, it's just one of those moments you're watching it and you're like, who cares? Again, and I know they're taking the piss out of it in the um in the segment itself, but it's just the same shit, and it's very much a a toilet break. Yeah, it moment. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't automatically become good just because they're doing it in a self-aware way. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, yeah. yeah. It's it's like um, it's like when you're joking about something like one of your friends does, and then when your friend starts yeah. joking along with it, it becomes immediately less funny. It was like it was funny when <laughs> it was funny when you weren't aware that you were doing it, and then as soon as you <laughs> it you're like oh it's not funny anymore this is just sad (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um yeah totally agree next up we had a little promo from team taz um ricky starks did his thing and cut off taz from speaking almost immediately um and said they needed to hear from brian which is a bit weird. Um, like, let's hear from Brian. Let's hear from Brian Cage. Um, Taz called him on it this time and told him to stop instigating. Um, I don't know whether Starks was, like, being sarcastic and, like, trying to goad uh, Brian Cage with his thing or whether... whether I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Um, either way, um, Taz kind of called him on instigating, told him to stop. And, uh, yeah, said they need to, like, get their shit together and wait for Christian Cage's reply. What do you make of that, the uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage and Taz stuff? Going to keep it brief um, because it's not too much going on there. Again, another same thing. It's not too much, but I do think it's interesting. I do think I I am wondering where it's going. Yeah, it is intriguing me a little bit. I think Starks and Cage feud, a little Team Taz kind of, little Team Taz bickering. but it's kind of, again, it's like the Sting thing at the moment. It's the same thing. It's like each week it seems to be a Team Taz promo where it's like, oh, we're behind and they're, they're sat somewhere as a team. Ricky Starks is making slide digs at Brian Cage. I think it's like he's trying to get a reaction out of Cage. It's like he's winding him up and just wants to. And maybe it's kind of, in a sense, he's doing it in a, and I doubt they're doing it this way, but trying to maybe reignite the fire in him that, that he had when he first came AW where he was quite fierce and he was like, you know, he was a um, an animal essentially, um, a mad mad lad. But um, at the moment, he seems a bit calmer. And like you know, he, when he was agreeing with Sting, he's losing his kind of heel touch. Um, so I think maybe Rick Stark's trying to bring that anger maybe back up, um, and it'll probably end up, like I said, in a Teen Taz kind of in a feud, in a in a feud between them. But um, interesting to say the least. Uh, <laughs> Pose question to you, Tom, switching the other way. Which is interesting you more, Teen Taz uh, 
in a feud or uh, the Sting, Darby Allen, Jake Snake and Lance Archer thing? Tricky question. <laughs> I think... I think the Team Taz stuff has a better match potential if uh, if, I see, if we end up seeing a um, Starks versus Brian Cage thing. I think they could put on a really good match, technically, but I don't think I'd be very invested in the story. I think I'd be more likely to invested, be invested in the Sting stuff purely because I agree that Lance Archer, I do want to see him become a star. Um, I do like him. I like the everybody dies stuff, mm. so... Um. Yeah. Uh. Probably to to answer your question. Probably. Probably sting. Probably yeah, yeah. would be more invested in. More interested. Next up, we had a match. A big old match. It was Darby Allen versus J D Drake. Take back everything I said about J D Drake not in, not deserving this match. I mean, I don't because he doesn't because he had <laughs> going into this he had he was two and three. He's he's won two and lost three. So like that's not a number one contender's record by any stretch for me. But um but yeah, okay, so uh, before I get ahead of myself, Darby entered with Sting. I was kind of debating amongst myself but to myself whether Sting would actually turn on Darby Allen here because of the whole you know, stuff with Lance Archer prior. Maybe that's what they wanted us to think, but there was no entrance for JD Drake either. Like, how are you going to have a guy in a title match and not have an entrance? I don't know if that, that was cut for time because, like I said, the Chris Jericho promo definitely ran long. But I also am given to believe JD Drake not having an entrance is kind of a thing, like an ongoing joke on Dark. Um, like, he got one. They're like, oh, my God, JD Drake's got an entrance. So, um, But I digress. Um, I really like this match. I'll, I'll ask you what you thought of it first, and then I'll give you the rundown. So um, I, this was this was this was I I mean I don't want to influence your decision here. <laughs> uh, we probably disagree probably disagree on it. But this was I gave this the joint highest score with the main event. I probably edge out the main event for certain reasons. But yeah, look at your face. You don't you don't agree. I gave this a four point two five, um, which was a, which was exactly what I gave the main event as well. I don't even know where to because right. I'm going to stay true to myself. wasn't wasn't as invested. Um, and I don't know why. And I remember it happened. I think it's a Darby Allen thing at the moment because I think it's. I am so on. I'm so with you here. I'm so with you. Um, I I I thinking back. I was like, okay, so we're talking about our Fay Five. My Fay mm-hmm. Five. JD Drake's in my Fay Five. JD Drake is in my Fay Five. I think he is an absolute throwback wrestler. I think he's so agile for a big man. I I I I just yeah I. It, Bam Bam Bigelow vibes with with being a big man and being being uh tr- being being agile. It's true, and um, I I just yeah I th- I th- I just think I mean you look at him and you don't think wrestler, but we thought the same with Kevin Steen slash Owens, and then he grows on you. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's um I was, I thought he was great. I thought I saw some in- innovative stuff from him, and it's what you said is I'm starting to find Darby Allen a bit boring. Yeah. I am. I I don't think he. He's not bringing a lot to the table in his match. He gets beaten the shit out of on his matches, and when he does have a rally, it's not. I just, I don't know. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not tickler man ads, Jack. Honestly, <laughs> I, I feel. I feel bad because you know he's star star material, and I don't just want to be one of these wrestling fans who hops on a bandwagon for somebody and then now nah, we're bored with that now. Like that, like I said, mm-hmm. that Woody meme. I don't want to play with you anymore. Like um, you know, suddenly want suddenly want to jump on board with another wrestler, but I just. Ah, uh, just uh, you know. I'll tell you what—the best thing that could happen for Darby Allen, and we mentioned it a couple episodes back, 
is he loses the title and has a redemption and gets it back. I th- um, yeah, I think I honestly think that Team Taz. I honestly think that Team Taz stuff really hurt him. Mm-hmm. I think it really hurt his career trajectory. Um, maybe not his career trajectory. That might be too too alarmist to say, but it really, it really hurt his hype. I do think so massively um, because he was, and we can't stress this enough. One of the breakout stars of AEW. One of the ones where, especially for me going into it, like I knew quite a few of the wrestlers when AEW first started, but he was one of the ones I was not aware of and immediately fell in love with him. And now I'm immediately falling out of love with him. Like, And like I said, the last time on this podcast I came in and had one of these opinions where, for example, you said it was one of your favorite matches tonight and I come in and said I didn't vibe with it. It was a Derby Allen match. And it makes me question myself. Like, am I, was I not paying enough attention to match? Was I... But I think, no. yeah, I I don't like. The I agree. I yeah. agree. This was a J, this was a JD Drake showcase. Exactly. One of the reasons why I liked it because it was really good. It was just I was captivated by his ability. But mm. again, it was. I mean, I mean, Darby Allen, Darby Allen must be really good at selling, and he is because he just yeets himself around. He's very, yeah. like he's very Jeff dog. Hardy in that. Re- yeah, exactly. He's very Jeff Hardy in that respect. Um, there's been comparisons there, like obviously, but you know, because Jeff Hardy has always said he considered himself more of a stunt man than a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of what the shit that Darby does with his mm. like you know the 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 video packages he films and stuff but anyway i'll just give you a rundown and, and mention what i liked about it um well first uh i can't remember whether it was i can't remember who said it on commentary but someone said um that darby allen i do have a i do have a really dickhead criticism to make here um so they said that darby allen wants to be like Brody lee and defend against all all comers that wasn't I I feel like they're kind of revising history because God rest his soul because Brody Lee died. I feel like they are you know, they've called Brody the, the greatest TNT champion of all time and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I I'm not sure it's They're like, rewriting what it was. I they? do yeah, I just take Def- okay, defending against all comers. That was Cody. Cody, mm-hmm. def- Cody had the defending against all comers thing. I think Brody Lee had two successful defenses um, between winning it off Cody and losing it back to Cody. That was Dustin Rhodes and Orange Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just don't. I, I, I love Brody Lee, and I, I really fucked with him as champion, but. I when I think of TNT champion defending against all comers, I don't think Brady Lee. I think Cody. Yeah, you know what I mean Cody's 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 reign when he was establishing the champion and having that open challenge where I'll defend this every week kind of thing. Um, you know that was Cody. But I digress. I understand that why they're doing it. I just I think it's disingenuous. I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to lie about why Brady was great. I mm. think you know that spoke for itself. Anyway, JD Drake uh, looks. Uh, really athletic, um, and I've heard that about him. Actually, I've heard that he's really uh, athletic for a big guy. He he's given Darby a lot of chops to begin with, puts him out of the wit, out of the ring. Uh, then they swap positions, and uh, Darby's Darby's in the ring, and and JD's out. Darby hits the tope. Um, Ryan Nemeth distracts Darby, and uh, Drake does uh, a really nice shoulder block on Darby as as Darby jumps from from the inside from the top rope to the outside he he catches him with this uh massive shoulder shoulder um and then Drake has Darby down in the ring after a senton and gives him more chops in the corner scoop slam and a headbutt from him like a like a drop in headbutt the crowd didn't seem that into it at this point, and then as soon as I typed that, they started getting into it and started getting behind behind Derby, uh, rallying behind Derby. Another corner chop. Drake was on the top rope. Um, 
Oh, I don't know if this was. I don't know if this was when he did it. It might. It might have been when he. he so JD Drake got on the top rope and he did something similar to like a Rough Rider, like Zack Ryder's finisher from the top rope, and it was fucking bananas for a guy of that size. And I, I fucking really loved it. Um, Darby. Yeah, no, it was here. He because Darby battled up to the corner, um, and then got knocked back down, and then Drake hit that. As I say, that sort of Rough Rider off the top. Um, JD used the apron to. This was awesome. This was another awesome spot. Like again, more and and I have to give credit to Darby for because he was obviously a big part of this. JD did something where he used the apron. He kind of bounced Darby off the apron back into him in a forearm. So he threw Darby into the apron and Darby bounced back like he just throwing a rubber ball at the wall or something. And then he kind of caught him on the rebound with a forearm. That was sick. Um, JD misses a cannonball on the outside to the barricade, hits the barricade. Darby goes up and hits the senton on Drake and Cesar. Uh, Cesar Panini sticker book. Mm-hmm. Yours now. They get back in the ring. Um, the tide turns again and uh jd's in charge darby's in the tree of woe hung up uh upside down and jd successfully hits the cannonball um he does one of those kind of uh jake hager-esque uh splashes from the buckle um and then he goes for a moonsault of all things a guy that size um Darby had to they ended up getting up in the corner again Darby had to bite him to kind of uh into, I'm not sure if that's a DQ or not. Do you know what I mean? This wasn't a, well, where does biting land on wrestling rules? I don't know. But Darby had to bite him anyway to get him into the code red from the top. Avalanche code red. Coffin drop. Finish. I Yeah, I rated this match. Um, I don't know. I guess it was just because I was so, like, enthralled by JD Drake's wrestling. Um, I, I think he's a real talent. I, 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 I do. Um, I, I didn't didn't expect to as well. I was very negative of him getting a title shot. Um, I can see that he's just kind of got it based on quality and being like, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. why it, it feels so out of place that he's got it based on his, his kind of quality and his reputation on the indies. And that's why he's been given the shot rather than actually anything making sense. But yeah, not you, you weren't a fan then. Nah, not 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 too much. I I appreciate JD Drake look class, but in my matches, I prefer to see a um for it to be a really high rated matches for me. It has to be equal. It has to be both wrestlers look. But that's well. never a Darby Allen match. That's the thing. No. That's never a Darby Allen match. Darby Allen just gets the gets the shit kicked out of him until mm. the end. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's they're always one sided. Mm. But um, but now hopefully, hopefully Darby. Like, I'd like to see Darby have a good reign. But I think at this point where it's been so um critical. Uh, well, people have been so critical of this reign. I think the best thing they could do is, like I said, like they said, um, pull the plug on it, restart it, and, um, you know, maybe not get him straight back. Um, maybe have him earn it a bit more, because I think if they got him straight back, it'd be very much like a, a complete replica of this Cody, the Cody title reign where he won it, um, challenged all these people, you know, to kind of challenge every week as Cody did, um, but and uh, then lose it and then get it straight back. I think it'd be nice if whoever gets it next has a better reign. Maybe even like give it a year or two before you get it back. Like actually have some long-term storytelling here where it's mentally like fucked him um, about how much he fucked up his chance. And then when you do get it back, he's got that emotional like, yes, like he's earned this. He's a better wrestler. Um, you know, he's not just getting the ship kicked out of him and then quickly, boom, wins the match. Actually have, you know, long-term storytelling this instead of, um, quite quite a lot of AW stuff short term um, is and 
the long-term stuff in AEW is the better stuff, um, and it's been proven. So definitely, that's where I'd I'd take this. Except the Derby and Team Taz stuff, although I wouldn't exactly. really call that long-term booking so much. It was just a long feud. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't any. There wasn't really callbacks or anything. It was just, is this still going on? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Um, Great. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there was actually some action after the match. Uh, Butcher and Blade came out and attacked Darby after the match. Um, Bunny with them and uh, Skiavone, Tony Schiavone, calls Bunny crazy and she overhears him and uh, then starts giving him shit at the announce desk. Uh, at this point, while she's like isolated talking to them, um, Sting, I like this actually, Sting and Dark Order say made the save on uh, Darby Allen and then... Uh, you know, Bunny turns back and starts, you know, giving it, giving it all that, giving it a bit of lip. And uh, Tay Conti emerges, obviously with Anna J absent. Tay Conti emerges from the throngs of the Dark Order. I don't know if this means she's joined or not, but she's definitely come out and aligned herself with the Dark Order and um, takes down, takes down the Bunny. They've obviously got a match later in the evening, also. Um, I think Sting should lead the Dark Order. What that? I mean, it'd be dope. And Darby Allen kind of fixed into that kind of feel as well um so it'd be cool they joined but but dark order are kind of like a comedy face team now yeah so maybe it wouldn't they'd they'd be very fitting in old dark order um but i still i still do think i I mean i don't know sting's comedy chops his whole career i've he's he's played he's played it straight so um they could definitely have serious screen time and then backstage in on bte you know, have funny stuff. Do you well, know what I mean? You, they, yeah, take, take that back. Did, yeah, you know don't, I mean? don't have Darby join because I don't see Darby yeah. joining in that kind of, but have that, yeah, Sting being the... But I don't know why I've never thought of it before until I saw them on stage today. Mm. I don't know why no, why none of us have really thought of that before before mm. we saw them on stage. It fit, it he does is, fit. He fits, doesn't he? He fits. Mm. Um, and he's a legend and if like if anyone can follow Brody Lee, you know, yeah. get, get someone like that. And it'll get, and really it'll get people, it. you know, not slagging off Sting all the time because they're... Yeah, he'll have something to do. He'll faction. Next up, Alex Marvez tried to interview Jericho. Um, Jericho got as far as telling him he was looking more handsome today <laughs> before uh, he was attacked by the pineapple, the pinnacle. Um, and we're all wondering, where is he in a circle? Where is he in a circle? And the, the announcers are asking it too. And it turns out as they're beating down, as the pinnacle are beating down Chris Jericho, they cut to the back. Inner Circle have been barricaded in their dressing room. They have a real shining moment with uh, here's Johnny, you know, knocking, hitting down the door. Although it seemed like they're having trouble getting getting out. Like <laughs> they seemed like they were tr- they were supposed to break it down better than they did. And uh, <laughs> they were like, it just got awkward at one point. Yeah. With them just like they're they're hitting the door and it's doing nothing. Like it's the same <laughs> thing over and over. Um, but then Mike Tyson comes out and make the save. And I thought he would. Everyone was thinking he's going to join the pinnacle. I just didn't see it happening. I saw this happening. Um, and I still marked out for it. Um, he beats down Sean Spears. He's throwing his punches. Um, fucking funniest bit of this was that Dude, I don't know if you saw, Tully Blanchard took a cheap shot at Mike Tyson <laughs> from outside the ring. He was Mike Tyson was on the floor in the corner beating on Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard <laughs> was outside of the ring, like on the floor. And just gives him a quick boop. Like I just feel like I feel I li- I'd like to think that wasn't like set to happen and Tully was like like how many chances am I gonna get to punch Mike Tyson? <laughs> like, this is the only chance I'll get. So he did. Um then Tyson and Jericho face off after kind of pretty sure yeah the rest of the inner circle eventually made it to the ring and um, 
yeah, Tyson, Tyson and Jericho shake hands and put their beef to bed. And uh, MGF's flipping out at ringside, having a bit of a tantrum. Really good, feel-good face moment. And this, oh, this, I mean, in addition to last week where they had a hardcore-style match in Arcade Anarchy and then had that feel-good face kind of instant classic moment of, uh, you know, best friends and Chris Statlander celebrating in the ring to where is my mind and giving the thumbs up to Sue. Um, then this stuff this week, it feels very attitude here for me and I'm here for it. It feels very big mark out moments happening every week stuff. And it's just, it's just a great run of dynamites right now. Um, at least the last two. And I really hope they can keep it going. I think they will based on the card for next week, but I don't know what you thought of this segment in particular. No, good. I feel, I actually, no, I did, I did, I, that reaction kind of, I wanted to say, basically, I liked it. I did. Um, I don't know why they, I feel like Mike Tyson just texts Tony Khan, like, every now and then, just be like, yo, I'm in town, can I come on Dynamite? <laughs> like, just for some reason. Um, but you know what, fairs, it gives that legitimacy. Well, he's, he's there next week as well. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the, um, yeah, he's, he's in town. Um, but anyway, and the only thing I didn't like is how, like, I guess... To be honest, I think they wanted Mike Tyson on because they've got... Okay, for one thing, this was the last ever uh, Wednesday Night Wars yeah. uh, ones because it was the last time they were... they were um, Them and NXT were going up against each other. But also, they've got this... Um, I don't know it's called like one FC MMA or something like that. One MMA, um, this mixed martial arts stuff. They really want to get off the ground. So having like a fight star, like uh, fight star, a great band actually. Charlie Simpson busted <laughs> his uh, his better band. Um, they're having a fighting kind of you know boxing MMA kind of mm. star, not MMA, but you know what I mean. That's what yeah, yeah, like yeah. a fighter uh, on their show, like a like a shoot fighter, as as you'd say in the biz. Um, before an MMA product, I think they were trying to draw in viewers for that. So that I think that's why Mike yeah. was there. But then again, he is there next week, so you know you he's sticking around, which is mm. going to. I, I yeah, not really got too much to say. Liked it. Um, it was a nice kind of um, follow up to obviously J- uh, Chris Jericho's promo. But I think the the thing that I didn't like as much, I think it would have been nicer if this wasn't had. Uh, this wasn't sorry. This bit didn't happen because I would have liked the idea of Chris Jericho dropping that killer um, promo dropping in uh, blood and guts and then that being enough in a circle for the week i don't like yeah. how in a circle it came back yeah it came back um you know i think that wasn't needed but then again it def- it was a nice moment it was good and like you said it was a good kind of face winning moment next up we had the bunny versus take on to i'll tell you what i didn't hate this match i didn't hate this match <laughs> um they came out and the bunny came out and uh I think it was Tony Schiavone um, said, this lady needs psychiatric help. was the <laughs> first thing he said. And then, oh, was it JR? I can't remember, but it was one of them. And then they went on to say their problem with her was that she cleared their table for no reason. Like like they were going to put someone through it and then they didn't. She's like, so they... It's like they're concerned for a psychiatric help because she's going around clearing <laughs> tables for no reason. It's like <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Um, Tay then entered with negative one. I hate to say it. 
he he loves cuddling take on to you. I mean, I would. I'd get all the <laughs> get, uh, before and after the match. I'd get in all the opportunities. Like I'm taking during the match. This is this is, this is Patrick's. Yeah, trying to work here. Yeah, um, no, this is this is Patrick's territory. I, I don't get a siren. So um, it started quite violently. Actually, they were they were really beating on each other. Bunny got the upper hand, sent her into the corner, choked her with the foot, and gave her some trash talk. Uh, Tay hit a capture suplex on her and a punk kick in the corner. She went for the kick on the apron, like the PK sort of thing on the with uh, the bunny sat on the apron. She missed. Um, bunny takes her out of the legs and plants her face first onto the apron. Then there was a suplex outside from the bunny, I believe. Um, a running drop kick from bunny into the barricade outside. And then bunny did a scream. I don't know if that's like a new taunt now. Um, or she's they're just selling this whole crazy thing they were talking about before. But anyway, she took the action back in the ring. Uh, she gave Tay Conti some repeated knees to the ribs. Um, some pin attempts from Conti that was reversed into a running knee from Ali. She like rolled out of it and then gave her the running knee. Um, locked in a Cobra clutch. And um, Tay, Tay fights her way out and gets the arm drags in. Starts uh, throwing some arm drags on her. And then a really nice backbreaker. Uh, but she misses the running knee and Bunny capitalizes on it and hits with the super kick. Uh, it's at this point that it's made clear that Hikaru Shida has emerged at ringside. Um, Bunny goes for the down the rabbit hole, I believe it's called, her finisher. And then Matt Hardy's there and Matt Hardy kind of accidentally distracts Bunny because Bunny runs at Tay. Tay gets out of the way. She almost goes into Matt Hardy. Um, then Conti hits the Tay KO and the bunny kicks out. This was quite a, a big moment for me. This has added a lot. You know, it was a good kick out that added excitement to the match. Breaks down outside with with all, all the extras they've got with them. Aubrey's gets distracted and Bunny tries to use the kendo stick, uh, but Sheeta stops her. Um, and then Conti gets up onto the ropes where Bunny is, hits her with a superplex and holds her neck, like follows through on the superplex and keeps keeps uh, hold of the neck and finishes it with a DDT. Um, solid, solid match. And I, I lo- good stuff from Bunny, in my opinion. And honestly, I mean, early shout, but we had Britt Baker as the most improved female last year. I could see Bunny because you've got to think, you've got to start out from a place of not being that great to to be improved do you know what i mean so we have to look at people who we maybe didn't think were very good at the beginning of the year and so in that sense i could see bunny being my most if she continues on like this i thought it was a, i thought it was a solid match from her i don't know about you yeah no i did like it and i've got to be honest i um have sort of semi been rooting for the bunny um all this time um not as had much Ali for the bunny had a semi for the bunny um, but no, but I didn't really enjoy her as Ali. I preferred her as this kind of heel, you know, um, especially a lot with the Butcher and the Blade. I mean, we all have our opinions on the Hardy family office, but looking at it as from a bunny point of, point of view, uh, just focusing on the bunny. Yeah, solid match. We all know what Taken could do. This very much was, um, especially after last week, not being too sure about the bunny, but she definitely stepped through this. Definitely can hold her own. Um looks a great heel in the women's division they've got a lot of heels in the women's division actually um and yeah no just a solid match some great action very fast pace which i quite liked um and yeah i think it just it flowed quite well they they did really good and i think when you compare 
as you did with the Ali and Brandy thing, I think sometimes we get these opinion that these aren't great wrestlers just because who they're facing. And you do have to take into consideration. We know Tay's a good wrestler. So we knew if we if this wasn't a great match, who it would be down to? Uh, yeah, as well. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think back to that Ali versus Brandy match. And as I say, Brandy's almost a non-wrestler. So it, it you've got to think as well that not only not only is she like having to sell moves of someone who might not be executing them as smoothly as as someone who had worked more at it and made a life and a career out of it would be but she's also probably Ali was also probably pulling her punches a little bit mm. do you know what I mean with um how with the moves she was doing because you should want to injure not only doesn't want to injure someone who's just broken into wrestling but also doesn't want to injure the fucking boss's wife yeah oh wait no sorry she's 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 a boss also she's the uh chief Chief brand officer officer, yeah chief brand officer chief brandy officer there you Um, go but yeah but yeah no um really good stuff uh as you say tay is the star here she's the star at the women's division quickly becoming i believe i mean i think Britt baker will have something to say about that and we'll talk about that in just a second but yeah um in fact that actually happened before this so let's wind it back but uh yeah, great match. Uh, as I said, I, I rated it very highly. Um, still, only like the third best match of the night for me, but it was it was awesome. So, like I said, this was a, this was a high scoring dynamite for me. As I said, Britt Baker. This actually happened before the women's match, but hey, unprofessional, isn't it? <laughs> um, it was Britt Baker and Reba backstage um, getting interviewed. Britt says she wants a title match. Uh, she's ranked fourth. She calls the ranking system bullshit. I don't know. It was bleeped out. I think she said bullshit. <laughs> I I mean, she's saying it from a heel place because she's saying, like, it should be about star power and T-shirt sales and stuff. And obviously, people, like, smarky people are going to think that's bullshit. But I unironically agree with her. <laughs> I do think the ranking system is bullshit. I think it kind of it restricts them too much, and they're always gonna. I don't. I don't. Th- I think their roster's too big to have a ranking system. Mm. I don't think it. I think it. I don't think it leads to. It always leads to someone getting overlooked and having a record that says they shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. just. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's. I mean. New Japan Pro Wrestling are a, are a sports focused promotion. They're a sport, the sport presentation, and yet even they don't have a system like this. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's it's it's. I think it's unnecessary. But um, yeah, and then she mentioned even even despite this system that she has to work within, she is going to climb her way up. Watch her on all the shows. Um, yeah, not much to say about this other than let's go, Brett. Right? Let's go, Brett. DMD. Right. And then we had the main event of the evening. I just want to uh, point out the first thing I've written down here under this is feel a Bucks heel turn incoming. <laughs> I'm not bragging or anything, but we'll see what <laughs> happens, ladies and gentlemen. So um, Moxley comes into this with a 32-2-1 record. I mean, I don't know if that includes tag matches, but it might. Like... Um, He's, I mean, I, I, he's lost twice to Kenny Omega, hasn't he? But um, that's that's a heck of a record. I just, I, I, I noticed that as he was coming in. I was like, damn. Um, 
one thing that made me laugh at the very beginning of the match was Excalibur was saying something, da 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 da, and Don Callis, please get your hand off my back. Like he just <laughs> slipped in so casually as Don Callis came up and uh, touched him. <laughs> it was he's just repulsed by him. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, I think Kenny and Matt started, although Matt, if he if they did, Matt quickly tagged Nick in, and Kenny and Nick went at it. Uh, slow start for these two. Kenny tagged in uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, um, Ga- and then Gallows came in quickly um, and was quickly dispatched by Moxley. Um, the Moxley and the Young Bucks hit the triple tope. Um, a few tags resulting in ended up resulting in Doc beating down Matt. Um, he tagged in Kenny. Kenny started working the arm. Um, Carl Anderson came in, got the headlock in. This was very much again rest hold beat down wrestling during the break. Um, they got the hot tag to Mox as they came back uh, from the break. Um, Mox ended up eating some shots from Carl Anderson. Uh, the others come in and Mox hit a German suplex on Kenny, gets a big boot from Gallows, um, and uh, he's just getting dominated uh, by by Big Dot Gallows. Gallows runs at him in the corner, Mox avoids it and neutralizes Gallows to get the tag to Nick. Um, Nick hits two rising Comingiris, top rope stomp, turnbuckle backbreaker combo. That was really nice. He hit a... On the Good Brothers, anyway, he hits a top rope stomp on one of the Good Brothers. So, like, one of the Good Brothers tied up in the ropes, Nick's on top, hits the stomp on the way down, flies across the ring into a backbreaker on the other side. It was really good shit. Um, really, really liked that. Actually, I think it was the other way around. It was the one who took the backbreaker was tied up in the ropes. I think that was Kyle Anderson, but regardless, good stuff. Um, he had the wind taken out of his sails by Carl uh, Anderson, though, hitting the Spinebuster. Um, Managed to get a tag to Matt while uh, Carl got a tag to Kenny. Um, hip tosses, back throws, fake out super kick DDT. This was all from uh, Matt. Matt kind of teased him with the uh, with the super kick and uh, and then hit a hit a DDT on him. Uh, and then and then he got his actual opportunity to actually hit an actual super kick on him and hesitated. Um, and then put an arm around him, tried to kind of console him. Kenny gets up and starts slapping him repeatedly in the face. Uh, Matt beats him down after this, and like Matt snaps and his face goes, and then he starts beating Kenny down after Kenny slapped him in the face about seven or eight times. And Don Callis plays at super heel. He's like, "How could he do such a thing?" Callis, <laughs> being a hypocrite, is so. He never misses an opportunity to be a hypocrite. He's a master at heel. He's he's one of the best heels of the of the year for sure. It's. <laughs> He's such a dickhead. Like, he's like, how could he do such a thing? He's literally just been bitch slapping him in the face. And he's like, I can't believe he'd do that. Um, Gallows takes down Matt. Nick hits him with a missile drop kick. And Mox takes him out of the match. Um, then Matt comes in to take out Kyle Anderson. Gets caught by Kenny. Kenny goes for the V-trigger. Mox saves, uh, saves Matt. And Matt hits the pile driver. Kenny kicks out. And then... Matt checks on Kenny again, like he's he's um you know, are you okay, are you okay? Uh they really kind of have a soft spot for Kenny, obviously. Um Gallows calls I think Excalibur a young bucks apologist. <laughs> um, like they've they've committed war crimes or something. You've always you've long been it's long been known you're a, a young bucks apologist. Um they hit more bang for your buck. Uh machine gun, Carl Anderson breaks it up. 
Nick hits an Escalera to the outside to take out the Good Brothers, and then they're all back inside, them two with Mox by the ropes. The Bucks can't bring themselves to superkick Kenny. Mox tags himself in and hits a paradigm shift on Kenny and then gets him up to hit a second. Uh, and does hit a second, actually, doesn't he? And then he looks in the rear naked choke and he's about to choke him out. And then uh, Nick and then Matt super kick him. Super kick John Moxley. Uh, Eddie Kingston is out there like a shot. Loved that touch. Um, and uh, the Good Brothers hit a magic killer, swiftly hit a magic killer on him on the ramp. Then they hit the magic killer on Mox. And Kenny is obviously given, gifted the pin. One, two, three on Mox. Good Brothers get Mox up and they're saying, do it, do it, do it. It's the Young Bucks. Prove your loyalty do it like outside of the outside of the match without the pressure on just do it as a choice do you know what i mean because yeah. they super kick mocks when they were worried for their friend at the heat of the moment but they're saying literally just do it for shits and giggles now and they do it they super kick they super kick mocks right in his face uh you sold out chance from the crowd the the uh commentators agree yeah yeah you did sell out um Kenny calls for a two sweet, but Matt would rather have a hug to close out the show. Jack, can you fathom this betrayal? Crikey. Um, well, start, let's start off with the match. One yeah, at a time. opinions of the match. Like the match? Um, yeah, loved it. I thought it was a class match. I, I always knew it was going to be when I saw it on the card. Like Dynamite and AEW in general know how to put a good card together. And th- I mean, this could have been on a pay-per-view. Um, it was it was emotional. It had a big fight feel. Um, if you're, it's hard to kind of talk about the match itself without talking about the storytelling because this was such a story driven match. Oh, massively! With, like the little touches of them checking on Kenny throughout the match. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It, it had um, kind of obviously not as intense and not as you know, um, admittedly not as good as um, the Kenny Hangman and Bucks match, but it had that sort of feel as in like. You know, these moments where they were going to go hit and then it was like, oh, no, we can't, you know, like that sort going of... Going even further back, going even further back, the Golden Lovers yeah. versus Young Bucks match. There you go. Um, Strong style of Exactly. So, no, it was it was class. Um, you've done a great play-by-play, so there's no no point in me mentioning too much more in that time sense, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, definitely worthy of a good main event. Now, let's head to the main talking point, the, the heel turn from the Bucks. So do it, Jack. Do it. Do it like the young bucks super kicking a poor, unsuspecting Moxley. Do it. Tell us about <laughs> the uh, weapon after the match and so, your thoughts. Yeah. So for me, it was it was a weird kind of thing for me because um, so originally we thought we saw a Bucks heel turn coming, and then with the way it's been recent weeks, I did. Did you? Well, I I did not recently, but far further back. I think. I don't count then, does it? Did you write it down like I did? All right. Fucking on the hell. day. You're, you, <laughs> anyway, um, but in recent weeks it felt like a face, and we were even discussing like last week where we were like, um, with John Callis getting in their heads, we thought it's going to go the other way and they lose the titles and have a little bit of a decline. But you know what? I'm for it. I'm for a Bucks heel turn. I think it'd be. I'd rather have a heel turn than a decline. Honestly, I'm so sick of people like f- having their kind of they're overusing it, and it's 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 the easy way out. Stuff like they don't want. They don't want um, certain people to seem like they're booking themselves and their friends exactly, into yeah. these spots. So they're doing that, and then they're playing it off as like you've lost your shine and doing the you've lost your shine um, mm. storyline, which they just rinse and repeat. Do you know what I mean? So I'm glad. Yeah, I'd rather have. I'd rather have them than lose the title and go through that charade again. I'd rather have them heel turn and and stay in the spotlight and stay relevant. And 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did see it coming. I think that for for one part, that's one part that kind of took a little bit of a shine off for me, just be, just because it's inevitable when you kind of predict something and you're looking out for those things that you think is going to happen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, also, one thing that took away from the match for me was I noticed how much, and it's not entirely his fault because he gets given the kind of ad break moments, but how much... Doc Gallows uses rest holds and yeah. um, and you know ground and pound where he's not actually doing any flashy ground wrestling. Do you know what I mean? And it's he can he can be boring to watch at times, and I hate to say it because I do like them as a package. Um, I do like them as a tag team, but uh, yeah. Um, and he he went to that well twice in this match. I swear it wasn't even a uh, wasn't even a break at some point when he was wrestling like it was a break. I don't know. No, no, I'm confusing myself. He he did it during the break this time, and he also did it like last time we see him. And like I said, every time the Young Bucks are in a match, Doc Gallows gets given the break, and it just, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. no, Doc Gallows beating someone down again, and it's boring. But, um, I mean, they all do it. They do the whole corner isolation thing where they isolate someone in the corner oh, during yeah. the break. But, but Doc Gallows specifically seems to take the most time in the ring, and he seems to do the least in the ring uh, in these segments. So minor criticism and that is why i kind of ranked it equal that plus um yeah that was why i kind of ranked it equal with the jd drake uh darby allen match for me which like i said i really liked um i know you didn't so much but in terms of match of the night i mean we'll talk about and we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah yeah so cl- closing comments from me really um bucks hill turn Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. I feel like it, this we we're a rinse and repeat podcast. Look forward to seeing what happens next. <laughs> what you I can say play a drinking about. game with our podcast. <laughs> but I but won't no. mention the. Please don't mention the things I say that uh, you could you could drink to because then people will just be <laughs> listening out for them every time. But um, yeah. But no, definitely. But it it is it's true. Uh, that's why we say it. It is you know we are looking forward to seeing we're we're AEW podcast. We're AEW fans. We're looking forward to seeing what happens, product, and we 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 are. Chris Cool with it but we're also when they do good shit we're also we we heap the praise on and this is one of it and i'm looking forward to seeing a bucks hill term because i've not seen bucks hill for i don't well i can't recall the last bucks hill kind well, of thing well the the bullet club were essentially heel yeah yeah so. definitely so i guess that's the last time so but, but this thing nice. they were kind of anti-heels is the fact that especially in the west yeah. they were over as fuck do you know what i mean so and, and, and i like, think as well in AEW, we've already seen uh bucks against kenny sort of like in in the terms obviously with the hangman thing where they were you know they were not enemies they, but, they, you know, they, they were sort of played side. heel in that rivalry to be honest yeah yeah because you know they did so um it's nice to see, you know. It, it, it was kind of a tweener battle because it all depended on how you felt mm. for Hangman, but Matt specifically was uh, was being a bit of a yeah. dick bag. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it's nice to see, you know, they're still on the same side and now they're both heels and, you know, Kenny's been such a good heel, so I'm looking forward to seeing Bucks and seeing what heel work, you know, they could pull out. And, yeah, good, good shit is coming. With the um, Bullet Club, old school Bullet Club sort of reuniting on on AEW now to, to the tune of five of them I'm just waiting for Jay White to come out and tell them to fall in line shall I mean like yeah. you, listen this is an unlawful Bullet Club assembly I must insist if you're going to keep doing like this that you uh, bow down to the king breathe with the switchblade um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I want it. I need I, it. You know, I'd love him to come out and say, I, I will appoint you to be underboss in the US, just like evil is in Japan when I'm yeah. away do you know what I mean? Just like this like 
international mafioso conglomerate with Jay White <laughs> at the top of the pile, and, and you, you know go. that Kenny's gonna 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 or Don Callis in his ear is gonna try and uh, tell him to you know take over eventually lead to a Kenny Jay White match that oh. can also eventually leads to Kenny. I don't know where he should take full control of the Bullet Club again, but a Kenny J. White match could be his reintroduction to um, to New Japan and eventually to a Tokyo Dome match against, oh, who knows, mate, maybe Ibushi. Mate, that'd be <laughs> sick. So sick. Well, that's uh, quite a nice segue. Well, it will be a nice segue into less important shows, but first we do have to talk about next week's card. Um, well, well, well I was, what? Well, I was going to say, do you want to do match at night and shocker of the week first? All right. <laughs> put me in my place so. <laughs> if, you, if we have to if we must um, I was let's get the uh, negative out of the way first um, just the thing I don't I almost didn't pick a shocker just because of how how good this um, this dynamite was I'm, it's, it's hard for me to pick one like part of me wants to go with the with the Jungle Boy, uh, Jurassic Express, Bear Country stuff, but it was it was a decent match. That was a decent match, and um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, mm, I'll, no, no, I'll tell you what, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, Team Taz still. I mean, it's a really weak one because they didn't do anything too bad, but I mean, just. Like you said, you asked me to pick. You asked me to pick between which would I find more engaging, the Sting stuff or Team Taz stuff. The Sting stuff, I, just, I don't care about Team Taz. They're they haven't making me. They're not convincing me with this Christian Cage stuff to care about them. So, sorry, Team Taz, you are still shocking. <laughs> now on to match of the week. Um, I mean, I think this is a foregone conclusion. However, um. Like I said, I ranked the JD Drake stuff and that match equally. However, okay, so first, which is your match of the week, Jack? Get that out of the way. We'll go main event. Yeah, the main event. Okay, so I think, despite the fact that I like I rated both of them equally, I think I am closer to ranking the main event as the best match of the night than you are, you would be to ranking JT Drake versus Darby Allen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if we're talking second places. So by the powers of democracy, I think that makes the main event. Um, Kenny Omega and the good brothers versus young bucks and John Moxley, the match of the night match of the week. However you want to swing it. Well done to them. That brings us to next week's card. Now I'm not being interrupted by anyone telling me, no, wait, we've got to do this first. <laughs> Screw your rules. Patrick's not here to protect you. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going on the card that they announced during the show. There might be more added. There usually is. We will have an NXT... N oh, Jesus, there's a Freudian slip. God, can you imagine? <laughs> They're busy at the moment. So, I mean, maybe not so much next week. Who knows? <laughs> a TNT title uh, match between Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. That came out of nowhere. I like it, though. I'm here for it. I'm here yeah. to see a veteran get a title shot. Um, also, it'd be interesting to see Matt Hardy in singles action because I wasn't sure whether he was done with that. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But um, I don't know. I think Darby Allen's a lightish guy that he can. Yeah, I, I won't give my takes on it until the end. Um, and the tag titles will also be on the line. Uh, Death Triangle will be getting their shot against the Young Bucks. Antina Gogo will be having his debut. He will be in action. Red Velvet versus Jay Cargill. Big match. Big, uh, at least they want us to think it's a big match. So 
Um, I mean, this is a stacked card, isn't it? And yeah. uh, Dax, Harwood, Dax Harwood versus Chris Jericho with Iron Mike Tyson as the special guest enforcer. What a card is that? I mean, if 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 you, like me, have thought these last two Dynamites have been fantastic and Attitude Era-esque and just you want more, um, next week's card's got to be promising, hasn't it? How'd you pick one, Jack? How'd you pick one that you're most forward to? But I'm, I'm going to ask you two anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking of splitting it into... I'm going to cheat my way out of this and give it two. I'm going to give you two matches tonight. Uh, two ones I'm looking forward to most. So purely based on which match... Coward. I oh, know. Which match am I looking forward to and think is going to be the best? It's got to be the tag uh, the tag match. Uh, the tag for the tag titles. The Bucks versus Death Triangle. However... <laughs> How... I am so intrigued to see Jay Cargill versus Red Velvet purely for payoff purposes. And I never thought I'd say that, but I feel like, you know, um, this is the first time we're going to see a legit Jay Cargill match, which isn't a squash. Um, And we're finally might have an end to this feud or at least some sort of value added to this feud to make it, you know, worth my time. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm rooting for my girl, Cinnamon Bun. Red Velvet, get it? Look, it's cake. Okay. Cinnamon bun is also a kind of cake. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, that didn't land. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm rooting for Red Velvet. I like, I, I, I like Red Velvet. I rate her above Jay Cargill. We all know this. We don't have to rehash it. Um, but she's not going to win. She's going to get destroyed. But uh, I, I really just, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see her win it, even though she absolutely will not. Um, to be honest, I think I could have. This is a weird thing about this week. I think I could have predicted every single, every single match, every single outcome this week, and yet it was still one of my favorite, if yeah. not my favorite, post-pandemic dynamite yet. Mm. Um, which is amazing, considering, consider, like I said, considering usually a lot of the fun is not knowing what's going to happen. And yeah. A big, a big factor in enjoying a match is not knowing the outcome. I could easily guess the outcome of all those matches, I believe, and yet um, I still. So I had a lot of fun. In terms of what I'm looking forward to most from next week, tell you what, I've got I've I've got some weird curiosity about seeing Antonio Gogo in action. Um, <laughs> just after just after his bizarre promo where he lauded his subred <laughs> sub, sub, sub uh, subway credits. That sounds like subreddits. That's yeah. the thing. Um, his subway credits is uh, appearing in a subway commercial. Um, yeah. I just want to see him be this household name he talks about because I certainly <laughs> don't know that Antonio Gogo. But <laughs> yeah, um, again, like I said, it'd be interesting to see Matt Hardy in action. Um, I suppose, as you say, the tag tag match is the obvious one. But I mean, we can't sleep on fucking Chris Jericho back in singles action against such a good technical wrestler as Dax Harwood with fucking Mike Tyson as a special guest enforcer. So I feel like we're sleeping on that a little bit. But yeah, looking forward to that. That brings us to... Ready for this, Jack? Less important shows. Less important we start the segment with the following news. It's going to kick in. I promise. Here we go. <laughs> William Peter Charles Osprey. Google death, that is his actual name, is your new IWGP World Heavyweight or Champion. <laughs> let, let it, let it. 
let it wash over you. <laughs> From humble beginnings on the British Indie circuit, William has posited himself on the top of the mountain and his cause for all Bretons worldwide to rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the stop button. No, no. I wasn't going to let... Imagine if I just let the whole thing run for like three, four minutes. Just like, you're like, Tom, I think we should get... No! You stand and you salute. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, that was worth the airtime. Um, Jack, Will Ospreay is IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Mind is blown. I did not see this coming. I automatically fast-forwarded to the inevitable Kenny Omega versus someone at New Japan match for that title when he's collecting the belts and it automatically assumed it'd be Kota Ibushi. I mean, it still might be. But for now, if that match was to happen, Kenneth Omega versus William Peter Charles Osprey. (laughs) Yes, Tyson Smith. And, oh, mate. I might have got it wrong, to be honest, but that was... was, (laughs) um, My jaw was on the floor, man. Mate, I'd I'd not got... Um, I was going to say, I, I merely just want to say this is incredible stuff. I'm so pumped for him. Um, I when I saw he the deserves match, it, man. Yeah, when I saw the match and it happened, like you know what, and it fits quite well um, in with his storyline. Everyone being kind of like not laughing, I guess, but this United Empire had seemed to be quite a joke sort of faction. It's like, mate, they're legit now. They got the world title. Oh, like, they got Tuhanari as yeah. well. Joined them on the same night. Joined them at Sakura Genesis. Mate, and it's going. Yeah, Good things, good things are coming out of New Japan, and this is called the celebration. Also, it is post celebration. Show and Yo also reunited uh, Rapongi 3K. They have some really weird new entrance music, but uh, they had a fantastic match, and they became the new junior heavyweight titles and junior heavyweight champions. Um, that was not surprising because I expected it to with Yo's first match back after injury, but um, it was all it was kind of surprising in the sense that El Desperado and Kanemura have held it for so long. I was like, wow. Um, well, El Desperado's also um, junior in a junior. Yeah, yeah, he so was double champ. Yeah. I mean, he was he's fucking legit as well, man. He had the best year last year. Like people raving about him. But yeah, we got to talk about the Will Ospreay stuff. Um, I've seen some people not too hot on it, specifically from the New Japan Pro Wrestling subreddit. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't care if anyone from there hears me. They're fucking nerds, man. They're <laughs> weebs. Like, like it's. Like, dude, this dude is pound for pound the best wrestler in the fucking world, I swear. He is so good. He is... And he's... I, I've seen people, like, comparing him to Ricochet. Where would Rick, Ricochet be if he was in New Japan? He hadn't signed to WWE, where he's been underutilized. Dude, I don't think he'd be where Will Ospreay is. And it's because Will Ospreay... Will Ospreay's developed that side of him, the technical side. He wasn't just, like, flippy shit, do you know what I mean? I think... Um, well, they're saying that Ricochet was quite good as Prince Puma in Lucha Underground, I'm sure. Uh, Hugh will call me up on that and it did feel like a main event player but but Will is just he's evolved so much and he feels like a heavyweight he's put on so much muscle he's stacked he's added the Stormbreaker to his repertoire he's he's just so so much technical brilliance and I don't know how anyone can look at his his uh, his New Japan Cup run and the match he had against Zack Sabre Jr. and then the match he had against Shingo and the match he had against Shingo going back to best of Super Juniors before he bumped up to the heavyweights and say that this guy isn't pound for pound the best wrestler in the world. I don't know whether some people have a problem with it because it followed the whole B Priestley thing and they thought, 
I don't know that that was out of place him him hitting the Oscar on B Priestley, but fuck it, man. I'm I'm if, here. If for anything, it, man. it justified it more. I really am. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and. No, and not it, justifying just parallel... using women, can I just say that? But <laughs> but if they were the... going to do that segment, it makes a lot more sense now than him losing it. It's just, it's the parallel between... So during the uh, the New Japan Cup, um, Shingo Takagi, he... I think even during his match with Will Ospreay, he got out of the ring and got in Kotobushi's face at ringside. Um, said, like, I'm coming for you. I'm coming. He was focused. Mm-hmm. He was dead focused on Kotobushi and his title. And he'd look past Will Ospreay, and that was the story element of it as well. Do you know what I mean? New Japan tell their story in the ring, yeah. and the story there was that Shingo was was not paying attention because he had gotten distracted and he was looking too far ahead, and he looked past Ospreay, and you can't look past Ospreay. Ospreay takes every opponent seriously. Ospreay goes up against Zack Sabre Jr. and has a fucking worldy match, goes up against um, David Finlay, knocks it out of the park. Do you know what I mean? It's He takes everybody seriously, and that's... and And, like... He was so committed. He obviously did the thing with B Priestley. So, like you say, it does fit. And oh man, I'm just excited. I'm just, I'm just super excited to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, we've we've got a got a man from the home countries on top of the uh, right. on top it of the mountain. Good. In- we we are kind of we are underrepresented in the wrestling world. Underrepresented, hundred yeah. percent. And it's nice to, uh, um, to have this. N- still, never been. A- There's been Scottish, which. Uh, Connor will rub our noses in, but there's never been a specifically English WWE champion. Yeah, mm. um, not not world champion. Uh, Pete Dunne has the NXT UK title, but I mean they've not won the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. Also been an Irish one. Um, yeah, been a couple of Irish ones actually. Finn Balor and Sheamus, mm-hmm. but uh, no no English. Not I thought I always thought Wade Barrett, Bad Luck Barrett, should have got it, but alas, yeah. But um, I mean the IWGP Heavyweight Championship no matter what the new one looks like is a bigger prize i will say that in my opinion mm. um but yeah what else has been happening nxt had a little show at the uh as we say it was the last the last wednesday of the wednesday night wars they had a uh, ppv for wrestlemania week i believe night one um stand and deliver it was called we actually can't talk about it because i haven't seen any of it yet and someone's <laughs> recommended that i go see apparently Oshirai and Raquel Gonzalez had one of, well Tom from our wrestling group chat said it's uh, a really good match said it's match of the year so I will definitely have to check that out also said that Walter Voltar versus Tommaso Ciampa is good as well so maybe we'll watch that and we can talk about it next week only two matches I'm sure we could sure we can uh, inflict some WWE products on ourselves it's NXT as well so it's you know Probably have a report for you about that next Vican. With you don't have to watch it because it'll be Patrick next week, won't it? Oh yeah, that's true. I get a week off next week. Yeah, you don't have to watch WrestleMania at all. You can just. I, I uh... might do. I might put myself for it just for a couple. I'm always in. I always like watching the Fiend. I do. So I might just watch that one. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm excited about that too. I'm a bit of a mark for the Fiend. Bro- I, just, I and I've, yeah. I know his gimmick gets quite a lot of hate online because they're like, oh, he's just stealing like the Undertaker or Kane. I'm like, nah, I like it. I, I fuck how's with he it. stealing the Undertaker? Look Honestly. at him. Like, it's nothing um, like him. Um, yeah, that's cool. N- no, me and uh, me and the lads in the group chat. I don't know if you remember a while back we were rebooking WrestleMania about how we would book it with their current roster and like a few select legends and the Fiend versus. Um, including there was, there was one or two women's matches that might have been the same I can't remember but um, for the, the uh, especially 
especially with the men, Fiend versus Randy Orton was the only only match that we like all had in still, even though well, me and Tom and that mm. or had uh, kept that match, even though. You know, even if we we could book anything we wanted, we still booked Randy Orton versus the Fiend. I really, I'm yeah. really here for that. I like a lot of people think it's stupid with the uh, Alexa Bliss's involvement setting Randy Orton on fire, or or, or then Randy set her on fire. Everyone's setting each other on fire, and that is <laughs> fucking dumb. To be fair, but it's WWE. What do you expect? I'm like, I'm hoping the match itself can tell a good story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because because that's what it's all about. So that's just the one on the card that I look for. To be fair, the rest is kind of um, a bit naff. I mean, yeah. I probably I'm won't sure, watch I'm any sure. of it except like you probably twist my arm into watching the theme versus <laughs> theme versus Randy Orton, but I'm not sure I'll watch any of the rest. No, I think I think you know. I mean, tune in next week to see what of WrestleMania we actually watch. There you go. Leave, I am, leave I am, the listeners I, on the cliffhanger. <laughs> I do claim that Edge is my favorite wrestler of all time, so I probably should watch him in the WrestleMania main event. <laughs> but you know, probably. So I probably watch. I probably watch two matches. I probably watch the uh, yeah the the theme the theme versus Randy Orton and the main That's event. That's not too bad. But, yeah. No, I can, I can, I can live with that and the there two NXT go. matches. Right, been a bloody pleasure, Jack. Yeah, I will miss you next week. It's been, it's been lovely. I, and I, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've had that sprung on me. I didn't realize, I didn't realize you wouldn't be here next week. <laughs> does, it, does it make you sad thinking about it? I mean, ish. I'll, get, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll live. You got your dose of German next week, so. Got my dose of German. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be a good one next week. I'm looking forward to listening to it. See what you guys come up with. But yeah, that uh, brings our show to a close, and uh, you shall be missed. We'll, we will have to keep an eye on the uh, ratings, see if they go up or down with Jack and Ah, uh, yes, yes. So from all, and by all, I mean both of us here at uh, WAK, take care. And remember, I'll leave you with some parting advice. There is still a COVID pandemic going on, so if you've got to touch anybody, touch yourself. Thank you.